so quick question before we do that. What devices is everybody listening on? Like, um, like tablets, just a smartphone or like an actual computer? I'm on a, a Mac Book okay. Air computer. Okay, gotcha. I'm on my PC. Okay. I'm on a laptop computer. Laptop, okay. So I, I want to try another thing later on in class, but I wanted to make sure that we all have, you know, big enough screen. We're not just looking at it on the smartphone. Kind of thing. All right, so I'm going to play these quick couple videos. They're only like a minute long, um, dealing with these chapters, but... Israel is going to chop down the tree left of the stump. And that stump will itself be scorched and burned. But after all of that burning, God says that this smoldering stump is a holy seed that will survive. Cameron, it's breaking up for me. I don't know if it is for the others. Can you hear that okay? It's not very loud and it is breaking up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So let's just skip those two videos because they're not as important. But um, basically what it is talking about in the recap, and you can go uh, watch these videos right on YouTube. But um, so chapters seven through, well, six through 12 is where Isaiah gets his commission and then goes and tells Ahaz about it and prophesies of the future. And what he's prophesying that's specific to our reading tonight is that, um, that there's going to be an end time servant that is called up a Davidic type servant that will, um, that will meet out justice, but also save the, the people that uh, warrant the protection. So uh, we're talking about Davidic covenant very heavily there. And then um, uh, the, the other video we'll watch next week, but um, in the second part of Isaiah's structure in the second half of the book, um, again, it references this Davidic servant but it, it kind of puts him in composites. What of the uh, Moses and David and Hezekiah and all of these main prophets all kind of put together um, and what that kind of looks like. So um, let me pull up some other clips here. Sorry, like I said, my brain's about fried for today, <laughs> but I'm... I think I've got myself somewhat organized. Let me pull these screen share. Okay, yes. So um, this is a chart from the literary message of Isaiah where uh, he goes through the four different types of characters that are presented in these chapters of Isaiah. We have the Davidic figure, the righteous warrior figure, the servant figure, and the Cyrus figure. And then we can see that uh, which ones are spiritual, which ones are temporal, and also um, who personifies those um, from the book of Isaiah there. So I found that uh, very helpful kind of navigating these chapters since, I don't know, I'm not uh, super comfortable reading the, the old Hebrew uh, style and stuff. Like when I read chapters 9 through 12 on my first pass through, I was like, okay, now what again are we reading? Like I, I got kind of lost in it. And so I have to have kind of like the roadmap or like the overview to, I have to be able to kind of see it and then dive back into the words and go, oh, okay, that's what he's doing here. Um, so I, I found that chart from 
the literary message of Isaiah book, very helpful in uh, kind of helping to navigate me through these, these chapters here. Um, I, I gotta turn off my air conditioner, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> I'll just have to deal with the molting. <laughs> All right, so um, I wanted to use the other tool that we've uh, kind of talked about in uh, class before, and that is the Isaiah Explorer. Now, I get that it is quite intense and um, it, it might overload you right off the bat, but I'm going to try to uh, kind of zoom in and only focus on uh, the parts that pertain to, to tonight. Um, so if you are pulling up the Isaiah Explorer for the first time, um, you're going to see four different columns here. And um, this third column is uh, a great source for looking at, at structures and, and tags throughout the texts. So um, if you pull up the structure tag, and then pull up the seven-part structure of Isaiah, which that's what we're studying this whole uh, semester is the seven-part structure. And then we're heading into the punishment and deliverance section, which is uh, what this week and next week is all about. It has some very interesting tools here to help us uh, kind of piece things together a little bit. And so um, again, I'll, if, I can't remember, I'll, I'll post a link to um, where I went through and uh, gave a tutorial on this whole tool. Um, but just for tonight, I'm just trying to dive into to the most important points here. Um, but it is kind of a hard tool to, to even use and navigate. Um, but I found it so helpful in tonight's discussion of the Davidic Servant. So while we're in part three, which is the punishment and deliverance uh, section of Isaiah, um, if you click on four agents, I find this so helpful. It brings up these four Davidic um, figures. Or, uh, there's the Davidic figure, the righteous warrior figure, the Cyrus figure, and the servant figure. And if you look on the right-hand side, you'll see which chapters introduce those figures. And uh, if you'll notice tonight, it, it's basically the Davidic figure. Next week, we'll get into the other three. But this first part of Isaiah hones in directly to the Davidic figure. So if we could uh, take a look at that and just kind of find out what this Davidic figure is and, and what that looks like. And, and keep in mind, Isaiah is telling this to King Ahaz um, and what that all uh, means and looks like. So it is pulling uh, from chapters 9 and 11. And in chapter 9, it's verses 6 through 7. And in a chapter 11, it's one through five. So um, let's see, Mother, could you read the, these first two verses above the dotted line? If you can see those, you know, let me know if you, you can't really see them. For to us, a child is born, a son appointed, who will shoulder the burden of government. He will be called Wonderful counselor, one mighty in valor, a father forever, a prince of peace, that sovereignty may be extended and peace have no end, that on the throne of David and over his kingdom, his rule may be established and upheld. 
by justice and righteousness from this time forth and forever. The zeal of Jehovah of hosts will accomplish it. So those are some familiar verses to us. I mean, in Handel's Messiah, we, we read those. Um, but if you listen to the commentary from Avraham, he goes, okay, yes, they, they also apply to Christ, just as all prophets' lives point to Christ. But these verses are specifically talking about the end time servant, uh, the Davidic servant of the, the last of the last days, um, that for unto us a child is born, meaning a, a son servant type of child, somebody who can deliver. And, and I found that very interesting as I was going through, I was like, oh my word, my whole paradigm is shifting. Um, that things that I've only uh, attributed to Christ also are, are starting to branch open into um, new meanings here. And so uh, we find that um, all of these words and titles apply to this Davidic servant. He's going to be a wonderful counselor, he, um, just like Abraham was a wonderful counselor uh, one mighty in valor, like many of our um, uh, warrior type figures that we'll be talking about next week, a father forever, a prince of peace. And so um, that's kind of a, a, a quick introduction to what the Davidic servant is. And as we scroll down, these are the, the verses from chapter 11. It says, a shoot will spring up from the stalk of Jesse and a branch from its graft bear fruit. The spirit of Jehovah will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of valor, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of Jehovah. His intuition will be guided by the fear of Jehovah. He will not judge by what his eyes see, nor establish proof by what his ears hear. He will judge the poor with righteousness and he will equate, uh, no, and with equity arbitrate for the lowly in the land. He will smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips slay the wicked. Righteousness will be as a band about his waist, faithfulness, a girdle around his loins. And so the, the second thing that really stood out to me from listening to Avraham's commentary was that um, Christ, Jehovah, is the only one who has permission to talk about the end time servant. No prophets get to talk about him. Um, Jehovah or uh, Isaiah here is quoting Jehovah when he's saying this. And so any of the prophets, that's one of their main things that um, when they get shut down, for lack of a better word, when the, when the spirit tells them to stop writing, is it's always about the end time servant. Uh, Jehovah is the only one that gets to talk about him. Uh, and so anytime that they want to, they always have to go back and quote the passages from Isaiah where Jehovah talks about this end time servant, this Davidic servant. I found that very interesting. Um, I'd never put two and two together there. This whole Davidic servant thing is, is very new to me. Um, but uh, that is a, a common pattern throughout the, the scriptures Abraham talks about. So that's what the Davidic figure is in those... Um, those four different agents of, of the seven-part structure. So we're going to go back and look at these other different tags. So there's going to be three redemptive roles. There's going to be three redemptive events. And then we're going to dive into the Davidic agent and his specific redemptive roles. 
So if we look into three redemptive roles, uh, it talks about release, gather, and facilitate. And so it says that releasing Yahweh's people from bondage, bringing about their return from throughout the earth, and in facilitating three redemptive events. And so um, these are the three different ways that this end time servant delivers God's people. Um, and, and then as we look here, um, only one of these pertains to these chapters that we read tonight. And that is the facilitating of typological events of redemption. Um, so let's see how many verses we got here. Just a second. Sorry if I ever scroll too fast and <laughs> whip through this too much. I don't want to make you dizzy. Um, but let's see. Oh, Janet's raising her hand. Sorry. <laughs> In this view, it, sometimes the, the hand pop up, it, it slips by me. But yeah, go ahead. Um, this is another one of my elementary questions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, how do we, I mean, how do we know for sure that there is a Davidic servant and that it is not Christ? I mean, because mm -hmm. all these things that talk about him sound exactly like Jesus. So yeah, how do, we, how do we know for sure there is a Davidic servant? Mm -hmm. um, all of the different references are escaping my top of my head at the moment. But um, much of what Avraham talks about in the literary analysis of it, uh, when you're going through the chiasm and, and the Hebrew poetry and things, um, Christ is talking about two different people that have the exact same mission, uh, one being himself and one being his servant. Uh, and so um, many times he'll say salvation and righteousness. Now Christ alone is salvation and righteousness is his right hand, uh, which is the end time servant. Uh, he uses that, that word pair a lot, righteousness and salvation. And, and it means that, that dream team, uh, Jehovah and the end time servant there. Um, I am not an expert in Isaiah in any way, shape or form. I have not yet mastered all of those uh, verses and stuff, but um, I, I'm just leaning on Avraham's testimony uh, for now until I can uh, wisen up and, and get all those things kind of memorized and, and concreted in my head. But um, his commentaries are very um, captivating and, and enlightening when he starts delineating out uh, who Jehovah is and his mission versus the Davidic servant. Um, yeah. I, so Cameron. Yeah. Hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Thinking, thinking back on all the events of the prophets, and the things that they've done, they, they could have been things that the Savior would have done, but he had Moses do them. He had, he had Abraham do them. He had Noah do them. He had Adam do them. So I guess it kind of makes sense that before he comes in all his glory, there's going to be someone else that's going to do all this other stuff that has to be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all of the prophets' lives are, are types and shadows that point toward Christ. Um, but they're in the literary structure, let's see, literary message of Isaiah in this book, um, this whole chapter that um, is part three, um, it talks about the ideal vassal. 
So um, when we've talked about the Davidic covenant before, there's the emperor vassal relationship, but we've never had a perfect example of an ideal vassal. They've always fallen or they always kind of fall short. Like King Hezekiah, great person, excuse me, that enacted the Davidic covenant on behalf of his people, but then he showed the Babylonians his entire treasury. And then um, David, you know, fell from grace. I mean, all of these Davidic servants have, have not been ideal composites or uh, ideal uh, persons representing Christ. And so uh, in the end times, that's what Isaiah's literary structure points to, is that there will be an ideal vassal before the emperor or king comes back. And so that's what um, a, a lot of these structures are, are trying to, to point us towards. Now, yeah, like, like you said, how do we know for sure? I, I, I don't have all of that stuff on the top of my head. I, I wish I did, but we're, we're getting there. I think we'll, uh, by the end of this study of Isaiah, I think we'll have a much more uh, solidified view or grasp on, on exactly what you're asking. Um, but I don't have it <laughs> i'm not eloquent in it yet let's say that much <laughs> so the um the the davidic servant will be the antithesis is that how you say it of the antichrist so maybe mm -hmm. since yes. there has yeah okay so you see what i'm there has to be opposition in all things so mm -hmm. it will be exactly so opposite of the just antichrist. like we have a Christ and we have a Satan who are the opposites. On the next rungs of the ladder, we have a, a seraph and we have perdition. And so um, the, the seraph and perdition have to be equal but opposites. And, and so when there's the Antichrist comes on the scene, uh, God also brings up his right hand. So he has a left hand, which is the Antichrist, and he has a right hand, which is the end time servant, this Davidic servant, equal and opposite to bring about um the opposite ends of the plan <laughs> again like i said i'm not eloquent at this <laughs> you're but, great thank you mm -hmm. um let's see so we're looking at facilitate i'm just gonna sorry i'm gonna lower that hand so if you do raise it again i'll, I'll hopefully see it in the corner there um I think Tracy was raising her hand, right? Yeah. We were? Oh, yeah, go for yeah. it. You have to keep well, on. I've been reading the Michael Rush book, and it's so good because, like, he goes through and he, he links in the Doctrine and Covenants and the New Testament. Like, in the Doctrine and Covenants, he it's asked, who is the stem of Jesse spoken of in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and eleventh chapter of Isaiah? It is Christ. And then he goes through all this big, long commentary. And then the rod, um, who is the rod spoken of? And in the DNC, this is in section 113. It is a servant in the hands of Christ who is partly a descendant of Jesse, as well as of Ephraim or of the house of Joseph, on whom there is laid much power. And... I don't know, to me, it almost sounds like it's going to be like John the Revelator. That's kind of what I'm feeling mm -hmm. at this point, who that kind of a most wonderful person could be. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, we have lots of different um, conjectures and, and thoughts floating around um, on on Facebook and the Isaiah Institute uh, place right now. There's uh, been lots of speculations. So uh, I'm just going to go through all of the, the different ones that I know of. Um, some people think John the Revelator. Some people think Joseph Smith and possibly even Joseph and Hiram as a, a dual composite. Um, uh, some people think David Bednar because it has to be someone named David. Avraham Gileadi is 100% adamant that it will be someone that has the actual name David. I don't know. I, I take any of that for what it's worth, but there's lots of different ideas and things of, right. of what that looks like. Um, but Rodolfo, who is a, uh, he has lots of time and, and genius on, on Isaiah stuff. Uh, he posted a study, kind of a flow chart of all of the different scriptures that, that reference uh, end time servant, Davidic servant, uh, uh, those kind of things and uh, rod, root, stem, uh, kind of study. Anyway, I, I have that. I can uh, post that on the Learning Zion website too. Uh, but that's a, a very interesting thing to, to look at his reasoning uh, and what kind of conclusions he comes from that with. But yeah, it, it's going to be it's interesting. It's also D. Todd Christofferson. I think the D in his name is a David. Oh, I had heard that, but I'd forgotten it until you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> Because, and then I also heard that those two guys are, uh, Jerusalem and Israel is part of their territory. Uh -huh. So it is, it's, it's, I just love to go speculate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because I've heard that uh, David Bednar and, and another apostle would be like the two prophets in uh, those in two. Jerusalem. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the David in D. Todd, mm -hmm. interesting. He's, he's hiding the D. Todd. He's hiding. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's talk about the facilitating efforts that this uh this davidic servant performs so he facilitates a new exodus a new wandering in the wilderness and a new conquest so um let's see let me like i'll read like the the first couple verses or whatever and, and hand it off but um, it says, but it shall not be gloomy to those who have been in anguish for her, Zion. In the past, he humbled the lands of Zebulun and Naphtali. But at the last, he will exalt the sea route by the Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a bright light on the inhabitants of the land of the shadow of death has the light dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice at your presence as men rejoice at harvest time, or as men are joyous when they divide spoil. For you have smashed the yoke that burdened them, the staff of submission, the rod of those who subjected them, as in the day of Midian's defeat. So I think that this is, is such a great uh, poetry style here that, that he's using. And... Um, pointing to the fact that this is kind of after the, we're, we're looking at this new exodus as if it's already happened. And so uh, talking about this Davidic servant, you, you brought the people out of uh, the valley of the shadow of death kind of thing. You've um, uh, caused us to rejoice. We, you've enlarged the nation. These are all uh, very important things that the Davidic servant facilitates in the end. Um, let's see, Tracy, would you read... Um, the in that day to the end 
In that day, the sprig of Jesse, who stands for an ensign to the peoples, shall be sought by the nations, and his rest shall be glorious. In that day, my Lord will again raise his hand to reclaim the remnant of his people, those who shall be left out of Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and the islands of the sea. He will raise and sign to the nations and assemble the exiled of Israel. He will gather the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Ephraim's jealousy shall pass away and the hostile ones of Judah be cut off. Ephraim will not envy Judah, nor Judah resent Ephraim, and they will swoop on the Philistine flank toward the west, and together plunder those to the east. They will take Edom and Moab at hand's reach, and the Ammonites will obey them. Jehovah will dry up the tongue of the Egyptian sea by his mighty wind. He will extend his hand over the river and smite it into seven streams to provide a way on foot. And there shall be a pathway out of Assyria for the remnant of his people who shall be left as there was for Israel when it came up from the land of Egypt. Thank you. So yeah, uh, we've got a ton of great stuff in this new Exodus. Um, I, I, you know, I had never ever heard that we were going to have a new Exodus or a new um wandering in the wilderness thing until studying Isaiah decoded and, and diving into the words here. You know, I thought that that was in the past. I thought it was a great example, you know, Moses leading the children of Israel, but I had no idea that that was to happen again. Um, one thing that Avraham always reiterates in all of his uh, podcasts and lectures, etc., is that, um, and now I'm going to butcher the scripture, but um, everything's a pattern. So like, um, as it was, so shall it be. And so um, the Lord has established the whole history of the earth and then is going to repeat the whole thing at, at the end time. Uh, all of the different types are going to come together in one great whole, uh, which is very interesting to, to think about. But I think the end time is going to be more spectacular than parting of the Red Sea is what it'll be people will be like oh what <laughs> <laughs> i know can you imagine because like look at just the 10 commandments um uh, video there is it heston or whatever i don't know i can't remember the actors and stuff but anyway like yeah. the, the great 10 commandments video i mean this is like massive um amazing awe-inspiring kind of things and yet look at what the end time is going to be. I mean, it's going to rival that of, uh, it's just going to blow that one out of the water. Yeah, I think it's, and we're here. I think I heard the other day, there is a mysterious bunch of rock rising out of the ocean somewhere in the north. Oh, really? And, I was, and my head was like, what? Is this the highway? I don't know. Yeah. It's like, you got to see it <laughs> I'm a, I'm a crazy watcher of the end times, so. It's <laughs> uh, great. Um, yeah. Wasn't there something said about the Gulf, some bubbly something in the Gulf too? Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, there was quite a few things, even just like this last month of, of things that are happening all over the place. That's I a lot happening, happening. yeah. Somebody was talking about um, Antarctica and some of the stuff that's happening down there and 
um, anyway, I, I, I dove into that one. I went on that little rabbit hole, which was very interesting. Have you guys heard of um, Watcher Palmer? Uh, yeah. Do you, do you listen to his stuff? I don't listen to a ton of it, but every once in a while I'll pick up something and listen. And he, he calls us cows. The watchers. Oh, I do listen to him. I didn't know his first name. Oh, that's just what he calls his channel now. His name's Scott Palmer. He isn't calls it? himself what? I don't know. Yeah. Watcher Palmer. He had to change it. In fact, a couple, like a month ago or two ago, he was going to just stop and then he decided to go ahead and cast yeah. casting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to him a little bit. Yeah, he's one of those ones I'm like, I enjoy it, but then there's quite a few things that I, I like, some things I disagree with, and stuff. I, I, I kind of go in in phases, but yes, he has some great information on, on some of these uh, things that have been happening recently, too. He's been kind of going nutty, though, like the last week, like <laughs> yeah. a lot of videos, and I'm just like, I actually had to stop because I'm like, I'm listening to him more than I am the prophets and the mm. apostles. And I know, stuff. I have to keep I really. I really do not like him. Yeah. Can I say that? <laughs> You're totally fine. I, I'm, I'm more in that camp than I am the other. <laughs> right. And I think what I, what I was just saying is he calls us, he calls watchers cows. And it's kind of cool he that, is. Mm -hmm. that he has collected that are watching where I just don't feel that anywhere else. Um, mm -hmm. Except, you know, with us and some of yeah. the other groups, but just out in the general population, I feel like it anomaly. Yeah, because if you talk about any sign that's really happening, people in a general church context are like, what are you talking about? Oh, you're crazy. I know, they have no, no, no idea. I, <laughs> I mean, we have our basic ones. The, the moon will turn to blood. We uh, start, you know, kind of thing. We have those ones. And if anything, it's outside of there, then you're kind of crazy if you're talking about it. <laughs> so Cameron, how, how do you handle that? Because that, a lot of people, think I'm really, um, really out to lunch. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> how, do, how do you guys handle that? We have group therapy like this. <laughs> but we don't feel so crazy. <laughs> Uh -huh. Handle it as in like when they call me kind of crazy or look at me weird. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or like how do I handle discussions in general? Um, I don't know. Like Oftentimes when I make a comment in Sunday school and I can tell it was a little above what everybody's <laughs> thinking and everybody kind of starts looking at me weird, then I'll try to dial it back and bring it back down to their level and say, sorry, that's just what I was trying to, to mean. You know, like I, I put it back down on like a Sunday school type level. And I was like, I don't know, my, sometimes my words just get ahead of me. And I didn't mean to, to say it kind of like that. But because um, I, the last thing I need is people to just automatically dismiss me every time I say something like today was an interesting example. Like I, I was really wanting to talk about um, the decent before ascent principle. And, and I went to, to go say something, but then it was like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to the wrong thing. So I, I hurried and, and did it like a recalculation in my brain and, and said it a really simplified way um, and, and brought it back to Adam and Eve rather than the writings of Isaiah. Because I find if I bring up Isaiah, it, everybody tunes out. But if I can bring it back to Adam and Eve or Christ, then everything kind of jibes I, I go back to those two figures most often or joseph smith mm -hmm. those are like my three go-to's if 
I can tie it back to them, people resonate with it versus Isaiah that doesn't. So that's how I kind of handle my own faux pas when I speak too much. But um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's always an interesting battle. <laughs> you know, I have to say that Isaiah has become my favorite prophet. Oh, Thank you, Cameron. Hands down. Thank you. Well, <laughs> not yeah. thanks to me. <laughs> thanks to me just facilitating the group mm -hmm. is all because I, I have been there too. Like I was kind of wondering like, oh, should we do Isaiah? That seems kind of weird. But oh my gosh, this is where everything's at. This is the crux of the entire end time gospel scenario. Uh, Isaiah, I, it, hands down my favorite book. It blew Ezra's eagle right out of the water because <laughs> I was I was really liking Ezra and Daniel and those prophecies. But yeah, Isaiah is by far my favorite. He, he even rivals Abraham and that's pretty tricky to, uh, to rival Abraham in my book. <laughs> All right. Um, mm -hmm. Not to sell a book, but the new Michael Rush book ties it, everybody together. It has like all his books all do all the scriptures from all the places and it's it's just really good i mean it's yeah. you have to read it and do your own discernment as always but yeah it just opens up it, it you can understand it at least you know mm -hmm. is that plain and precious you're talking about yeah yeah, I just got my copy this week. I haven't dove into it because I was trying to cram hard to study for this week. But but yeah, I, I think it, that it's hard nice to thing. find the references. Like when I mapped out our reading, then I went in and mapped out the Nephi readings. So then I could pull it out of that book just to help. Like I'll read Isaiah explained and then I'll go read in there and then i don't know it just kind of helps me to try to figure all this out mm -hmm. i yeah. think i'm gonna have to do it five or six or nine times though to figure it all out i tell you that kind of goes back to janet's question i i have a better answer for you this time <laughs> so how do i deal with it i i try to uh, pull everything out into seven layers of understanding that i i, I should have said that before it didn't even pop in my head but it did now so um, has anybody ever seen those YouTube videos where it's um, five levels of understanding or five levels of learning? Um, so they take one person and he has to teach a little kid, a, uh, a teenager, a young adult, an old person and an expert all on the same topic, but on five different levels of learning. And so I try to do that in uh, my own way and I try to do it very quickly in my brain, but sometimes it doesn't totally work. But um, what I do if, if I'm trying to teach or explain something that I can tell that the person just isn't getting, uh, uh, if I've done my homework good, I've already pulled out the seven layers of understanding. Uh, and, and then I just kind of backtrack down the, the ladder, I guess you could say back to where they might be and then start teaching it that way so that I, I'm not crazy kind of thing. So that's a better way to explain it. Anytime I'm, I'm getting in a weird thing where, okay, Cameron's kook, I, I reel it back and, and go back down the ladder of understanding to where they're at and, and teach it that way. And, and hopefully resolve it so that we can 
all agree that Cameron's not crazy. <laughs> but then when I'm talking with other people, like I'm having a great discussion, um, uh, just private messages with, with another person about Davidic Covenant this week. And boom, I mean, we have discovered some amazing uh, connections and tie-ins with the Davidic Covenant all through the Book of Mormon and uh, through the Restoration, uh, those, those pioneer era things. Oh man, the Davidic Covenant is literally everywhere. And um, if the Davidic covenant is everywhere, it's always pointing to the ideal Davidic servant that will be born or what not be born, but uh, will come right before the Messiah does. Um, and anyway, it's been a fascinating journey, but uh, it's very refreshing when I can have like book clubs or uh, other people to talk about this with on a high level versus Sunday school that's like, Okay, I'm just always going to be the crazy one. <laughs> All right. Um, now let's see. So we have the, the next tag that, that's down here is the three redemptive roles. Oh, no, we already talked about that one. Sorry. So three redemptive events. Now, um, that basically talks about what we just did, though is this one sorry okay so the agents redemptive roles so this chart has each different agent so there's the davidic figure the warrior figure the cyrus figure and the servant figure here and it talks about them in each of their capacities so the davidic figure that does the releasing the davidic figure that does the gathering davidic figure new exodus, new wandering, new conquest, and new creation. Um, so let's just kind of read some of these verses and see what they talk about. So these are specific about the Davidic figure that does the releasing. Um, uh, Mother, would you uh, read those ones for us? Yes. For you have smashed the yoke that burdened them, the staff of submission. The rod, the rod of those who subjected them, as in the days of Midian's defeat. In that day, the sprig of Jesse, who stands for an ensign to the peoples, shall be sought by the nations, and his rest shall be glorious. In that day, my Lord will raise, will again raise his hand to reclaim the remnant of his people. Those who shall be left out of Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and the islands of the sea. He will raise the ensign to the nations and assemble the exile of Israel. He will gather the scattered of Judah from the four directions of the earth. In that day, you will say, I praise you, O Jehovah, although you have been angry with me, your anger is turned away and you have consoled me. In the God of my salvation, I will trust without fear, for Jehovah was my strength and my song when he became my salvation. Then shall you rejoice in drying water from the fountains of salvation." In that day, you will say, give thanks to Jehovah, invoke his name, make known his deeds among the nations, commemorate his 
exalted name. Sing his praise, sing in praise of Jehovah, who has performed wonders. Let it be acknowledged throughout the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for renowned among you is the Holy One of Israel. All right. So those are all about the Davidic figure releasing the, the captive Zion. And don't gathering. You think, don't you think that um, this Davidic servant will use the 144,000 to help him with <laughs> this enzyme that he's going to show to the nations? Don't you think that the 144,000 are part of that? Yes. It down there where it says um <laughs> you're moving too fast i can't keep up with you. <laughs> um and it's above that okay right there um he will raise the enzyme to the nations and sem assemble the exiled of israel he will gather the scattered of judah from the four directions of the earth right there I, I'm with Janet. I think that's the 144,000 are helping him. And they will be the, they'll be translated, but the 144, they also referred to as the kings and queens, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in Isaiah's seven part ladder to heaven or whatever, anybody that's son, servant, or higher. Um, can be referred to as the kings and queens that, that bring about the uh, restoration of the tribes, the, the raising of the enzyme. And so um, that's been the, the whole mind-blowing thing to me as, as just diving into Isaiah that, holy cow, I've always just put, lumped everybody into the translated 144,000 category, but there's another one that's separate, uh, preparatory to become 144,000, and that's the, the son's servant level who are enacting Davidic covenants, etc. So because the Davidic servants like King Hezekiah pray to the father and are righteous in their pleadings for protection, then God sends the 144,000 to actually do the protecting or do the smiting, etc. And so um, the sun servant level is definitely um, kind of like the, the training wheels to become the 144,000. They're learning how to interact with the, the seraphim and, and learn how to pull that power of heaven down in their behalf, uh, even though they might not be able to do it themselves. And then the seraphim have that sealing power. You know, they can command the, the rocks and the mountains and the waters, etc. They have power over the elements according to God's will to actually enact those things that the, the son's servants plead for. And so, um, like, let's say we're 144,000. And so our mission is to receive instructions from the father to go and help the son's servants and those that have, that are under the son's servants care. So all of the Kings and Queens of the Gentiles, uh, we're going to be helping them uh, protect their people and bring them out 
uh, from the four corners of the earth versus like, let's say we are the sun servants. We're gonna be the ones pleading. Like we, we found this group of people and we need protection for them. So we enter into Davidic covenants and then we pray and then God sends those, those angels to actually bring us out kind of thing. So there's, there's two different levels that I've always grouped in as one and, and pulling those out has been quite the, the process, but it's, it's amazing to, to really start looking at the laws and covenants on each level of the ladder and how they fit into this end time scenario. I, I think it's amazing. Well, don't you think that, um, the temple endowment is getting us to this point where we can be, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, so that we can become kings and queens? Mm -hmm. And also, as we take names through, then my understanding is that we become, oh, well, I'm totally missing <laughs> my words. But we, we become uh, kings and queens to them. We we enter into mm -hmm. the Davidic covenant for the proxy names that we take through. Mm -hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and now that I understand that Davidic covenant, this last time I did endowment was a lot more meaningful. And I think I, in fact, I know I, I could feel me taking that on for the person that was uh, I was going through. And another crazy thing happened that was crazy good. I think I know the what person that's on the other side that's on higher on the lad, ladder, I, the seraphim level that is helping me because, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. But as I <laughs> went through the veil and I, Founded around the, what they call the gate there to go into the celestial room. There was a person, a man in white that was waiting there for me. And he was just grinning and he had this twinkle in his eye. And he, he looked like my, uh, my brother that's living, except an older version of him. And anyway, I think as my brother that passed away years and years and years ago, but I think he's on the seraph level and, and he opened the, the doors for me. It was kind of funny because he opened both of them at the same time. And so he was standing there with the, the doors open. I didn't know how to, go through so I kind of dipped down and went underneath his left arm and and he says London Bridge has fallen down and I'm just so sure that that was my brother because he didn't have the the clothes of the patron going through and he didn't have a a name tag of a, a worker he was just standing there to help me through that I think he was signaling signaling to me 
that those things that I've been feeling are real and yeah, Does that make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But all the way you're getting more open. I don't have to poke and prod you to get you to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> but if you notice, and I was doing this all the way through the this session is what are all those covenants that we're making? But but that very thing mm -hmm. seems like. And Darlene, thank you so much for sharing. That was really beautiful. Really loved that. So I wonder, did you do London Bridges with him? Is that something you would play together? Yes, we did. Did you think about that when you? No, she didn't think about any of it until she's later telling me about it. And then I go, so you saw Mike, right? And she's like, oh. <laughs> That's so beautiful. But yeah, that was my first question to her too. I was like, so did you and Mike used to play London Bridges Falling Down? She goes, oh my word. I met Mike and I didn't even know it. <laughs> Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh. Can I say something about about the queen, kings and queens and that? For sure. Um, it's all it's in my patriarchal blessing about that, and I've always kind of wondered. And I read it all the time. I'm gonna. I know you're not supposed to share stuff with people about your patriarchal blessing, but I feel this is a safe place, so I'm gonna. Okay, so I'm just gonna read this little part. So bear with me. It says, um, there are many gifts of the spirit of which you are entitled. You will have a testimony and know that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Today, that testimony is built on faith, but you'll grow to knowledge as the Holy Ghost penetrates your system and gives you the assurance that Jesus is the Christ and that he gave his life for you. You will see miracles performed because you have great faith as a queen in God's kingdom. And then it goes on to tell me that I'll see the sick healed, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame will walk. I mean, it's, That's you know, beautiful. it's pretty powerful, you know, and I, I really never understood what the, you know, the queen in God's kingdom meant. Mm -hmm. But hearing that, not, it's like, Okay, that kind of scares me because I got a lot to live up to in that. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, the, the more that I've been learning about becoming kings and queens, because, you know, we're, we're only anointed to become such kind of thing. But I, the, the biggest change for me was a couple of weeks ago when, um, like the spirit was just telling me, the call to become a king and queen has already been issued. We just have, it, it's depending upon how fast we want to get there. It, it's not about we're waiting for this future day when all of a sudden we'll hear a trumpet and, and then oh, we yeah. can become kings and queens. The call's already there and we're already seeing many around us becoming kings and queens. But what does that mean? What does a king and a queen actually do in the kingdom? Uh, because yeah. we're not, you know, given formally, you know, like to our, our, uh, present kind of thinking like okay here's your kingdom now rule it kind of thing but we are supposed to actively be seeking people and entering into the davidic covenant for them helping them repent and helping them rise on the ladder we're doing that in small 
ways as we take names to the temple. But like I was not doing that to the fullest extent. I was just, you know, family search, find a name, uh, research it out, make sure it's the correct person, et cetera, and then take the name through and be done. But now that, that I know the, the framework behind the, the Davidic covenant, I'm actually becoming a, a vassal king, entering into a covenant for that person, taking their sins upon my back as I go through the endowment and, and helping them repent and repair their lives and their uh, sins, iniquities, etc. And then hopefully by the end, we've went through that whole process with them and now they are yoked to us uh, as they help us from that side of the veil. And as we help them, then we can all rise higher um, and they can become kings and queens in their own right on that side of the veil. We can call on them by name um, and, and they will help us because of the Davidic covenant that we're entering into. And now I look back at my feeble <laughs> family history efforts before going whoa everything is new i mean it's just it opens up my vistas that i'm becoming a proxy savior i'm a savior on mount zion as i become a true king and actually help people out of the uh, spiritual prison that they find themselves in as they learn and grow and and can actually remove those those sins and iniquities kind of thing Anyway, I, there's so much to learn and I can't <laughs> encapsulate all of it in a, a quick summary, but um, really understanding that has, has changed my entire life. And, and I, that's within the last month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause you know, I mean, I, I work, I'm sure you work too, but I work full time. I work in Salt Lake. I live in Ogden, so I'm traveling a lot, but yeah. where I work, I'm probably the only active LDS person or Latter-day Saint person there, period. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my blessing also tells me that, you know, I'll be able to assist others in a help, a quest for happiness and not with large sums of money, but by being there and being there for them, mm -hmm. arms around them to help support them, you know, in trouble and distress. And this where I'm working, I've only been there you know, a little, uh, two years, but you know, it's, I'm at MEPCON. It's where anybody that joins the military, that's where they have to go through. So I have all these young kids that are coming through that are scared to death that there are a lot of active return missionaries return. But, you know, as for the other part the, of the people I work with, they really, they're not active, you know, and they'll, they'll look at their religion and kind of mock it and different things. And, you know, I try to relate to the, the ones that, you know, if I know and that, and it's like, maybe my quest in building that is on a different range than necessarily just in the temple. I don't, you know what I, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, some things start to like, I'm like you, some, some things start to click. And then I'm like, that's where my, my mission is, is, you know, to be helping them and guiding them and, these people that are coming through and you know giving that 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 i know without a doubt these are the people that are going to be fighting for our country these young young men and women that i'm sending to boot camp and i'm the last face they see before they go out of there because i work the, tra mm -hmm. the travel department of it and it's like 
I tell each and every one of them, you know, thank you for your service. Thank you for, I'm proud of you. You got, you know, and it, it chokes me up because where our where country's at right now, you know, mm-hmm. to see this. And so, yeah, um, things are making a lot more sense to me. <laughs> for sure. Because we, you know, I, using the terminology, but I mean, we're all going to have different types of kingdoms you know some are going to be amongst this kind of a group of people some are um uh, going to be multifaceted you know like we we all go to the temple but uh we all have our our bubbles of of influence here you know um me and my mom mom have been kind of looking at our family which ones um need saving and and how that works how that that looks on on different levels um, one thing that I'm just so grateful is to understand the, the seven different levels of Isaiah's ladder to like help identify people. Oh, I thought that they were, you know, because we kind of think in heaven or hell kind of uh, terms or, you know, that they're, uh, they're good Latter-day Saints or, or they're not kind of thing. But when we I can identify people like, oh, they are on the Jacob Israel level of the ladder these are their next covenants etc and kind of seeing them has how god sees them has really just opened up everything or um yeah anyway just kind of helping minister up and down the ladder but you have to know where the ladder is even at and and where people fall on that um and- oh definitely and you know i myself was the hell child in my whole family <laughs> i was the the black sheep of the whole entire family up until probably about five, six years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, I, part of me, I wish that I would have had all that from day one, the, the gospel, the everything that I, the knowledge, but then I stop and I go, but wait a minute, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to so many people that are, going through what I went through throughout my life and so I then I stop and I go wait a minute I'm supposed to have had that because I can I can talk to them and say I've been there I've done that uh, yeah mm-hmm. I, I, hello it's not fun it might be for a minute but you know it's in the end it's not and you know so I'm at that I mean that I'm in a different realm so it's it's weird you know I mm-hmm. it's it's strange but yeah, for sure. And, and how great that is that those people that you're entering into a Davidic style covenant for them, that they can see that you went through it and you came out of it. And uh, uh, the great example that is like to have a, a king or a queen that's kind of aloof, like, oh, they, they haven't dealt with what I've dealt with. You know, I've, I've been oh, through, yes, but, <laughs> but the people that are going to look to you and go, we're so glad that Kathy, our queen is, is understanding of what we're going through and, and can actually help us. You know, she's paved the path before us and, and people have paved the path before you and et cetera. And uh, you know, like what, what a great ministering model this all is, you know, Isaiah's ladder is, is such it, a it, it, it's phenomenal it really is yeah. i mean when you because you know back when i used to think no it's only going to be these ones that have had you know had a, all their life and grew up with that knew it and and then once you see the the difference you can make on somebody else it's like wow mm-hmm. you know and i was the one that everybody used to talk about you know and yeah. and 
and it's it's nice to be able to say you know what let's welcome everybody in not just the ones you know and i've said it repeatedly even at church you know the ones that should be here sitting here are the ones that are not the ones that smell like alcohol the ones that smell like smoke the ones that let's bring them you know don't judge mm -hmm. them get let's oh let's have ashtrays outside the door and i've turned a few people that have been what tell me where that are. <laughs> yeah but, but i'm seriously. like yeah that's let's that would be great in my opinion you know mm -hmm. yeah and like it says in ether i give unto men weaknesses so that they yeah. can make those into strengths you know like we can't look at anybody's weaknesses in <laughs> with any amount of judgment because uh, i have a lot <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah yeah we all yeah. do <laughs> yeah well thank but, you guys for listening to me <laughs> because sure. i'm real new to i'm real new to this <laughs> uh -huh. well yeah i think most of us are, are fairly new to isaiah it's been a, a a trip i mean look how fast we're we're coming to some some great knowledge here uh, uh and uh with knowledge comes expectations to to start helping people and so uh you know i me and my mom were always sharing examples <laughs> like oh my gosh we gotta we gotta start applying this and how do we do it? And and seeking revelation and, and stuff is has been an amazing process. <laughs> it's been hard, it's real hard. It never does get easier, but <laughs> but it's so worth it. Uh, living the, the gospel and not just passively enduring to the end. Uh, you know, sometimes we uh, talk about our covenants in uh, uh, really lightheartedly and it takes much more than, than just that get your endowments, get sealed and, and can be done uh, kind of thing. You just have to wait it out. But uh, Davidic covenants, the seraphim level, I mean, we're, we're working at this so that we can bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man, along with, with our savior who has commissioned us to be, uh, to do such. It's been a, so fun. Do you guys, any of you guys relate with, you know, DNC 76 this week with, Oh man. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> And I keep having revelation. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I was, I'm, I teach six, seven, and eight year olds. So I was like, okay, how can I? Because my brain's going overload, you know? I'm like thinking, oh, I'm getting all excited because this is the things that we've been told what to do. And uh, yeah. And even my partner that teaches, I, I started tiptoeing a little and she's looking at me like what you know and <laughs> like okay reel it in reel yeah. it in we're gonna go right back so but yeah it was amazing it was I mean it just clicked with me mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting looking through scriptural examples and um, some of the different prophets many of them have said how hard of speech or ineloquent they, that they were, but that's one of the gifts that's given on uh, both the sun servant, but more the, the seraphim level, that God loosens our tongue so that we can speak and have a convincing power and stuff. I, like I'm seeking that with all, every, every ounce of my being. Oh. But, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, you know, like we, I talked about uh, just in this uh, time together that, you know, sometimes I, I just, I spill way too much or I have to reel stuff back in. I have to look like a kook kind of thing. But I think that that's all fun kind of training wheels. You know, we have to go through some of those experiences before we can can actually gain that convincing power 
to to bring others to Christ kind of thing. And and so I love like stories like that. Like, <laughs> yep, I, I totally flubbed it up again, but you know, uh, hopefully it doesn't do too much damage and we can uh, bring others to Christ again. <laughs> Backtracked it and then went, okay, let's talk about Celestial Kingdom and that's the rest of it. And you guys draw pictures on here. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. But yeah, um, so what popped in my brain just that go? Oh, oh, yeah. So what Laura talked about last week, um, she gave me a task and I kind of forget exactly what the task was, but something about Joseph Smith being um, uh, fulfilling Davidic servant level stuff or whatever. But yeah, reading through DNC 76, that's, that's going to be one of my main ones. Um, I'll have to go back and find exactly what uh, we had talked about. Um, but anyway, I remember when I was reading 76, I was like, oh, I've got to tell Laura. Yeah, this is it. 76 is one of my main scriptures to, to prove that point of what I said last week. <laughs> and now I'm wondering what my question or what I said. Oh my goodness. I know I have it written down somewhere, but I, I forgot what it was. I remember <laughs> you were wondering, because Cameron mentioned that uh, Joseph Smith had entered into Davidic covenants through his... Oh, just like evidence of Davidic covenants. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 76 is a major one, um, because all throughout that, uh, that section there, it talks about some of the things. Um, that and Liberty Jill was another one that I had found uh, this last week. Um, the, the wording of the whole Liberty Jill experience is, is Davidic covenant literature. Um, and there was something else. I've, I'm, I'm starting to make a chart. It's definitely not ready yet, um, but it's of all of the um throne theophanies that that all of the prophets have had and stuff and so i'm starting off on joseph smith and getting his all in there uh, and what that looks like in, in davidic covenant language um anything else <laughs> sorry we're kind of going over time and my brain's just kind of <laughs> you know how every well not everybody but a lot of people think we're kooks and crazy but don't you think that's part of the you know we have to do the humiliation in the descent don't you think that's kind of part of it mm -hmm. yeah we have to kind of fall flat on our face sometimes even though we might be right <laughs> in in some things you know we don't have the fullness of of what we're saying to convince and so yeah sometimes it's you wreck on your bike in front of a whole bunch of people and like okay <laughs> i have to get up and dust myself off on that one that was stupid you know um, oh go ahead no, you're I, I was just gonna say that um i find if if they're thinking that way they're not ready to to hear you know that stuff yet and that also kind of puts that on their shoulders where they are responsible, you know, for what they hear and they don't understand it. So that's not fair to them either. Mm -hmm. And we've been there. Um, so when I was reading through Isaiah 10, can you open up um, Isaiah explained to Isaiah 13 and 14? Yes. 10. Share your screen. 10 verses 13 and 14 you said yeah 
So, um, and Isaiah explained, go into the commentary. Okay. Um, okay. And then let's read those two verses and the commentary and then click on the scriptures. A couple okay. of scriptures. So, so the because he said right there? Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you want to read that? Sure. So, because he said, I have done it by my own ability and shrewdness, for I am ingenious. I have done away with the borders of nations. I have ravaged their reserves. I have vastly reduced the inhabitants. I have impounded the wealth of peoples like a nest, and I have gathered up the whole world as one gathers <laughs> abandoned eggs. Not one flapped its wings or opened its mouth to utter a peep. So the commentary says, believing he has all power, the arch tyrant boasts of his exploits. The pronoun I appears seven times, portraying him as an ultra egotist. His claims show that in the course of committing global genocide, he indeed conquers the world, establishing a one world government or new world order. For him, Jehovah's day of judgment in, is the great day of his power when the earth's inhabitants quail before him. He is the thief in the night who gathers up the world's wealth in the days just preceding Jehovah's coming. So um, did you want to look at the Isaiah chapters or just like the Matthew, Thessalonians, and Peter? So, okay, what just really jumped out at me when I was reading this is um, like, we're living this. I feel like we're living this. Yeah. And then um, this is this is Satan. He's the eye, and there's seven eyes. So he is um, doing that, what do you call it? Um, the shadowing. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, equal but opposite, right? He's twisting yeah. that. Because seven is the number of complete. So he's doing complete utter destruction. Um, and I guess we've just kind of been in our, in our family, just kind of wondering about the banking system and money and the global reset and all that garbage. Um, but it says right here, who gathers the world's wealth in the days just preceding Jehovah's coming. So that's a sign of the coming of the Savior. When when we see that happening and there's supposed to be um in august a um like a, like a, pr a prototype or a, a mock exercise for this i don't know but i know that this if you look at the world economic forum this is the goal mm -hmm. yeah. anyway. it, it's so, pretty scary <laughs> so click you can click on the um i guess it's just kind of the thief in the night thing is what um Mm -hmm. For sure, I I just well, let's click on Thessalonian. Just click on that one, and let's look at that. Okay, just a second. Thessalonians. Let's make it a little bigger. Yeah. There so, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day shall overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day, we are not of night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. And what we're trying to do is to watch and to help others and to be prepared for what's to come. Yeah. And, and in this context here, I, I think it's just so interesting. The, um, 
oh bless you in the great day of his power i mean borrowing uh, temple imagery there and um uh, the world's wealth uh, buy up armies and navies and false priests and all of that uh, well, what of, about committing global genocide yeah exactly and and have we seen that before right uh, prior to to main major comings of of uh, religious figures and stuff like global genocide has always uh, accompanied that yeah i thought that really stood out when i was reading those those chapters i wanted to share that make sure we talk about it yeah. or opened his mouth to utter people okay so do you think that when our mouth is that talking about us and we, we can't feel like we can't talk right now or I, very possibly yeah uh where is that exactly in the commentary or in the so right on 14 just at the bottom of 14. Okay. oh uh open his mouth to utter a peep yeah and um i can't remember was it this group that i shared the the vision of the woman zion that might have been group c um but uh avraham talks about this dream that this lady had uh the woman uh, uh daughter zion or something like that but anyway uh in it there's symbolism of the the abandoned eggs there that is very interesting but uh just like this says that not one flapped its wings or opened its mouth to utter a peep like they didn't even know to flee you know like how many people uh faithful members of the church uh don't even flap our wings we don't know that there's any danger to even flap about kind of right, everybody's asleep mm-hmm yeah you know, if I, if I was still asleep, I would hope somebody would wake me. No, but I, 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 that, I mean, how do you do that? How do we do that? I, that's what I want to know. Like, how do we do that? Like yesterday, I was at a baby shower or a wedding shower, and I got triggered so many times. The theme was friends, and I'm like, oh, all of those cast members were Satan worshipers, and then. They gave her a Victoria's Secret present, and I'm like, they don't even know what that means. And and uh, people I've told, they just say, "You are nuts." Like, <laughs> yeah, you are nuts. They don't. I said everything you think you know is the opposite, and they just no, that's not true. I'm like, okay, well I just smile and go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an, an amazing uphill battle to, to fight because like, how do you wake up somebody that, that doesn't want to be woke up? They don't you know? want to be woke up. Like I, I look at the metaphor there of like, okay, so how did my dad <laughs> used to wake me up when I was a kid? <laughs> Is he still on here? He's probably rolling his eyes right now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's there. <laughs> <laughs> so how did he always, he always used to flip on the lights and yank the covers off. Or there, one time he threw water on me. Like, I mean, sometimes a, a rude awakening has to happen. You know, sometimes people, when they get thrown into a, a decent phase really quickly, they can kind of wake up and see like, whoa. Um, but, you know, sometimes like, how did it happen for, for y'all? I, I know mine was, I, I've been studying and everything, but it was a friend that sent me Moss's video out of out of love, out of earnestness, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, whoa. Like there's so much truth in it that it, it makes sense. And then I can start taking it from there. But sometimes a, a rude awakening, like a, a quick turning on the lights, 
might be in order, but you know, I think we have to pray for what yeah. that means for each of our family members, etc. You know, it. I I got too gung ho, and I I did that with my brother and sister, and now I'm I'm the crazy one. But do they believe you though? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. My my, my, bro my brother or my sister woke up a little bit, but she went back to sleep. She's just like, yeah. no, 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 that can't be. Yeah, because as soon as they thought that Ezra's eagle failed because right. of, of things, then they went back asleep. They're like, okay, wake us up when the next thing happens. <laughs> it didn't like, fail though. <laughs> it's it's still in play. Yeah, like, I was like, I believe all that. Because I keep telling President Trump's still controlling so many things, and like, no, he's mm -hmm. yeah, gone. Completely, um, almost thinking he's the Antichrist. That's uh -huh. my new theory. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> gotta unlove him. So I wonder if sometimes he's the one to keep us in contentment. Like he's part of it. I don't. I go back and forth. I mean, he's done really good things. Too. He's done really good things, but is he the one just to keep us quiet so that, that the plan can happen? And I go back and forth with that a lot. No, I do. It's like, oh my goodness. Well, I was go back and forth too. <laughs> I was telling some people in another group that JFK is the maybe the Antichrist because he's from a he's from the 13 evil bloodlines and i'm like he's a kennedy but anyway they're like well he's not even alive and i'm like oh <laughs> yes, he is. he's totally yeah. alive I've, I've been doing this for a long time and i feel like in that case just because <laughs> someone told me to read um uh, dnc 45 and matthew 24 and, and that was like 15 years ago and that those those two have always stood out but really it's in it's in isaiah that's where it's it's all in isaiah mm -hmm. it's good to have the other confirmations but that yeah. whole pattern is laid out in isaiah yeah and it's interesting to, to go back and look like okay how many times people try to wake me up in one way or another and and i didn't listen but now i look back and i go oh oh that's what they were doing kind of thing you know and i hope that you know kind of like missionaries you know we're planting seeds all along our way kind of thing but uh sometimes i i really want to like flip on the switch and just kind of blind them for a bit and then hopefully like they'll trust me later on when they are ready to wake up to okay i got it <laughs> i almost think though a lot of this stuff will continue on as it is it's it's still going on and people still aren't going to know it until it's like the end and it's they'll be oh, like yeah. wait and, and which is the ahead. whole pattern for why we need davidic servants you know like mm -hmm. we need these kings and queens to come and save those who just refuse to wake up they they're i mean they're good people they they need to be on the lord's side and they just don't know that there's more to be, they didn't set their alarm clock. They didn't know that they should have or whatever, you know, kind of thing. And so that's the whole purpose behind the, the Davidic servants, uh, Davidic servant and the, the kings and queens kind of thing is to, to save those people when they find themselves, they woke up and they're already in jail. And they're like, oh, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, and nobody knew it. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew it. <laughs>
Well, I mean, yeah. how that example of the Holocaust, they didn't know that there was a problem. They just marched. Yeah. And that's how we are right now. There is a Holocaust going on and nobody knows it yet. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, just look at the, the, the sex trafficking industry right there. I mean, right. that alone should put fear into people. But yet, you know... People, they don't believe it's happening. Yeah. Oh, you see people, like, like a, a kid pop up on Facebook that's missing or whatever. And so many times you're just like, you kind of write it off because it's like so run of the mill now. It's because so people, normal. Yeah, it's so normal. And it's like, uh, you're crying wolf too much kind of thing. But like, no, the, the sex trafficking industry is alive and well. Like, I mean, it is... It is scary stuff to, to think about. Scary, yeah. I think we've just been conditioned through Hollywood and through, yeah. right. I mean, all these things are okay. Maybe not yeah. sex trafficking, but all the things that surround it make yeah. everything seem like everything's normal. You want to know what's really cra crazy for me is, like I told you, that my, my work is not active Latter-day Saints or anything like that. But mm -hmm. let me tell you, about the woke portion oh my gosh <laughs> they are awake to all of this stuff that's going on really? the sex traffic oh you better believe it these are the people there's only two civilians in my where i work everybody else is either military or former military the mm -hmm. majority are and i'm i'm saying republicans that not all republicans are good well, i know that not yeah. you know all i'm not i'm saying that as a a generality of the they know what's going on oh they can see so clearly what is going on as far as this this sex trafficking this lie that we're all being told about everything and uh, the whole process of what's going on with biden and I, the, the the balloting and they are so in touch with it they may not be in touch with it on a gospel realm of it but they are knowledgeable on what's happening very very much interesting mm -hmm. extremely a lot so that that's where i go i'm i i know god's put me where he's put me for a reason oh. i haven't figured out though all the whys where's and what's of mm -hmm. it but he's put me there for a reason <laughs> but yeah using that list that's in your patriarchal blessing and applying that to where you work and stuff is going to <laughs> uh, you're going to have mm -hmm some fun time ahead oh <laughs> buy you a stack of book of mormons get yeah, ready you know what's really wonderful though and there is they do have little small bibles there mm -hmm. that are brought in and i'm sure it's because it's you know non-dominant whatever you call it non i can't say the word right now it's just general you know a bible and I am thrilled to death that that's in there. I want to go through them all and fold the corner down on the Isaiah. <laughs> yep. Isaiah. Read this. <laughs> I just want to flip to because I know. I just want to flip the corner down so that when they take those, and you would be, maybe you wouldn't be surprised at the amount of kids that do grab one. They're just teeny tiny, you know, that they can throw in their their packs and everything. Because a lot of places they send them, they are supposed to not even have them so mm -hmm. it, but that that warms my heart in and of itself right there yeah for sure <laughs> all right well anything else 
<laughs> I, I love it. group A is starting to, to really no good. We, we could be here all night. <laughs> we could. <laughs> um, well, with that, I, I think we'll close. And um, so anyway, next week on this punishment deliverance uh, section, we're going to dive into those other key figures. This week we did the Davidic servant, but we're going to be talking about the other parts of his composite, um, the, the warrior type, the Cyrus type, and uh, whatever the other type is. <laughs> I, I forget. I'm trying to memorize things, but it's not working so well. But anyway, uh, looking into those and, and uh, seeing those in context of, of Isaiah's story. Um, anyway, so yeah, I highly recommend uh, both of those YouTube videos for the Bible Project that kind of give the, that overview. Um, those are- Where is that? Um, so if you just type in Bible Project Isaiah, uh, there, there's two videos there. I'll post them again on the, the Learning Zion website if you wanna look there. Um, but yeah, YouTube Bible Project Isaiah. And there's two- Those are great. Is that yeah. the one that you posted at the beginning? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they are fantastic. Every they single are. week, I watch those yeah. right before class just to kind of get my bearings again. They're, they're just such a great uh, resource, just put together so nicely to, to help piece all the things together. I, yeah, that, I watch them that is fantastic. It, I, when you first put that, that is amazing. So if you guys haven't watched them, watch them. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, which one like a couple pop up which one were you Isaiah one you have to type in the app for Isaiah because they've done pretty much the whole bible mm -hmm. okay so just so uh, there's a two-part yeah. mm -hmm. oh, so just Isaiah part one and part two okay yeah, yeah he goes in and draws pictures and it's yeah really <laughs> yeah anytime that I'm having to like cram for a lesson or something like that, I go and watch the Bible project because they have such great summaries and synopsises there. Uh, those are amazing. They do yeah. come from a different uh, perspective. I'm, I can't remember if he's Methodist or Presbyterian, but um, they, they come, they have a few little things that are, you know, a little off in, in a, a few things, but uh, for the most part, they're, they're very great general overviews of, of what those um, prophets are, are writing about kind of thing and their literary patterns, et cetera. So Kathy, don't forget that you can give the digital version 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 of the Book of Mormon through the Gospel Library. They can have everything to the Gospel Library if, you could, if they have their phones, right? And they have their phones when they leave. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Well, they barely get them when they leave because they're not allowed to have phones in our building. They have to have them locked up the whole time they're oh. there. Wow. But as they leave. Yeah, once they leave, I once I say you get all your stuff out of lockup get them in line and then take them out to put them on to so if you guys know anybody that is going into the military where everything's been shut down and they can't have parents or can't have anybody come watch them if you know anybody that is is going in please let me know because for yep. those people i've been able to video it and then send it to their family so uh, where is it that you're working what's that where is it that you're working i work for mepcon it's the uh, Military Entrance Processing Command Center. It's down in Salt Lake. So anybody that joins the military, any branch of the military, it doesn't matter what branch it is, they all have to go through MEPCON to do their testing, their physical, their contracting, everything. And then, you know, the final thing we do is ship them. And I, I, I was in contracting them and 
and the medical files. Now I'm in the travel. And so the last part of it is I, I get their flights. I do their, their final brief, their last briefing, everything, and then put them on the bus to the airport. Well, and they go to boot camp after you? Yep. After me. How long do they stay there? Uh, depends on which branch of the service they're in. Marines go there the longest. Marines are, I believe, six months. Others are there like anywhere from uh, eight weeks to three months. So it's not and, boot camp, it's just testing and... No, where I'm at is, is the MEPCON. I send them out to boot camp, yeah. Oh. When they come there, when they come to our building, they're doing their testing, they're doing their, their physical making sure they can pass their physical, they're getting them their jobs they're going to be doing in the military, signing their contracts, getting swore in. And then once they're swore in, then we send them to boot camp from my place. Goodness. Wow. I didn't have any idea that that's how that worked. I thought they went like from their recruiter to boot camp. Oh, no, no, no. The recruiter, don't even let me get me going on recruiters. <laughs> <laughs> recruiters just lie to them. That's all they do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah if you know of anyone i you know i'm happy to do that for them because it just mm -hmm. they're missing out so much and i've sent you know some people that i i know and i that that i've been able to send it to them so if you know, let me know. a service project or something that anything that they would need that we could send while they're there they they're in there it's a day in that you know when they're processing they put them up in a hotel they they come in in the morning they're there and then they leave and then they'll come back the next day and then it depends on when they're going to ship them with covid they were on a they were backed up so far but now we're getting caught up and getting people shipped out and and that but we were backed up so far so you know really they they're just there a couple days and then they're gone so Wow. And they base, basically the only ones that really take anything with them is the um, National Guard. They get to take quite a bit, but pretty much anybody else, they have a little tiny backpack. One kid, one day he was a backup sh shipper and we never usually send the backup ones. And that day he got to go. And I mean, he was just sobbing because we'd, you know, you tell him, you usually don't get to go. He took a book with him. He had brought a book to read while he was sitting there that day. Only thing he <laughs> walked out with was a book, what he had on. Yeah. Um, they do sell those little tiny Book of Mormons and uh, quads through uh, the LDS online store. They're really teeny. I bought them for our bug out bags. Oh, really? Well, yeah. President Nelson's always like, what would you do without the Book of Mormon? Like, I always go in my head, like, they're all going to be burned or lost and so I have them everywhere. <laughs> so that's a good idea. Truck in my car, my daughter's car, in our backpacks. That's a good idea. I need I need magnifying glass to go with. I know. It yeah. I, know I do. I have this giant magnifying glass. <laughs> I can see it. There was a video circulating about this woman in China and how she um, would just get papers with scripture on it and she would memorize them all. Right. You know what? I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. My brain don't memorize much anymore. <laughs> Katie was in an institute class a couple of weeks ago, and they had this really cool app to help you memorize. What was it called, Cade? Do you remember? I put it on my phone, but I haven't 
yet done it. Anyway, there's all these. The She's going to look. It was so cool. And I actually did look on it after I put it on. And it's so cool how it helps you memorize it. Mm. Well, that's cool. Yeah, if it's the Kirch's oh. version, uh, I think I have it somewhere here, too. It's called Doctrine Mastery. Called what? Doctrine Mastery. Oh, we're echoing. Let me, oh. let me mute me. I muted, so you're good. Doctrine Mastery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Doctrine Mastery. Because I was going to try to, like, start learning one scripture a week. That's a goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not doing very well. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like the ones that I did for scripture mastery back in the day were the only ones that I can remember are the Isaiah ones. But now with the Avraham's translation, they're all different. So it's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, why did I memorize them the King James way? Yeah. At least you have a general idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know their, their references and everything. <laughs> Well, I think with that, we'll say adieu for the, the evening and we'll, we'll reconvene on Punishment and Deliverance Part 2 next week. <laughs> it's going to be fun. All right. We'll see you all next week. Thank you so much. Well,